Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Podcast radio show streaming only here on radio. Myself and Michael Gray back here on air online here on WNIC radio. Folks, remember the Sebi podcast show. The only place to find it is myself and Michael Gray on all of our social media platform, our streaming distributors, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. What is going on, world? What is going on, Orlando? Muggy, rugged. Rainy, 76 degrees with humidity here in Orlando, Florida, with my main man, my partner, Michael Gray in Virginia. Mike, what's going on with you, my brother? Nothing, brother. It's been a long day. Um, it's rainy and muggy out here, too. Uh, it's, been, it's been raining off and on the last a few hours or so, but yeah, it's been pretty muggy. But all in all, it's been, it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty good. It's going pretty good as well. And, of course, everything has been going a little bit topsy-turvy. Not a lot of traffic or any action of course in major news in the sports world but of course we are under 37 days to the beginning of the college football season and countdown to the NFL season we're about 50 days down before the beginning of the regular season in the NFL so there is a lot to talk about as in terms of prognostications and we'll start it off here Mike for sure We want to start off and talk about our quarterbacks this Mm. season that we feel as if will be in the hot seat. I want to start off with you, Mike. Mm, Quarterbacks in the hot seat this year. That's a good one. I'm going to go with Joe Flacco. Okay. I think Joe Flacco is definitely in the hot seat. He's definitely one of them. I think it's – to be honest with you, Sebi, it's a few quarterbacks that are in the hot seat this year because – there's a lot of quarterbacks out there with something to prove that may have switched teams and uh, of that nature and, and may, may have something to prove. But I think definitely it's Joe Flacco because it's one thing to lose your job as starting quarterback. It's another thing to lose it in midseason and the team looks better when the replacement quarterback comes back. Lamar Jackson looked, Lamar Jackson had this team looking better and the, win, the wins were going up when he, when he was there. You know, Joe Flacco, it was the first time in his career that he's actually had to sit behind somebody and be like a second-tier quarterback. And I'm pretty sure he used that as motivation to continue going. And, you know, to his credit, he didn't he didn't become like the, 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 the OG that didn't want to help him out and give him any game or, you know, the guy that was sad that he lost his position. No, he, he took it on the chin and realized that it was what's best for the team. And, and he, he coached up Lamar and gave him any tips and tools, anything he may have needed. But um, I think he definitely has something to prove. He's motivated from losing the starting job. He's been a starter ever since he came into the league. And it's, it was foreign territory to him. I think he definitely has something to prove with this Denver team. And uh, I, he's always been known as a quarterback to that. How do I say this? Has a, a seems like he doesn't really care about the regular season. Right, as right. Soon as, as soon as that postseason comes around, he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Poor yeah, man's Eli Manning. That's what we like poor, to call it. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Poor Manning. The AFC's version of, of Eli Manning. Right. To see what he what he comes out this season. But if I can, Sebi, I will give you another quarterback that I think has something to prove. That's Nick Foles. Nick Foles, Nick Foles in my opinion, has something to prove as well because, you know, obviously he has a Super Bowl championship, but um, he's coming off of, of not really playing that many games. And, you know, then, then last year he came off and – you know, it's a lot of people that still feel like he's a second-string quarterback. You know, he belongs in the second string. And he continues to prove time and time again that he's one of the top quarterbacks and he can actually make things happen in this league. And I'm interested to see how he he gets adjusted to that starting lineup, which is something that he hasn't been involved in in about in, in some years now, about six, seven years. That's not something that he's been used to uh, in recent memory. And I'm, 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 I'm interested to see how they use him down there in Jacksonville and what production they can get out of him and how he – uh, is if he's able to take that team to the next step after the the fallout that they had last year. 
definitely there. Joe Flacco, since winning Super Bowl MVP in 2012, has been very rather pedestrian and been lethargic in that Ravens offense. Mike, I've got three for you. At first, I had one. Then I really started thinking about this, and, and, and three right off the bat. I hot hot seat hot seat. So I'm gonna start off with three. Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford, former number one overall mm. uh, pick back in 2008 out of Georgia. Matthew Stafford has all the tools and all the intangibles to be an elite quarterback. We know that he got paid elite money two years ago. Since being the quarterback for the uh, Detroit Lions, obviously he's you know got career numbers across the board, franchise all-passing leader. He's got all the statistics. He puts up the numbers, and it is a fantasy quarterback juggernaut. But on the gridiron, uh, all of those numbers haven't resulted into wins. He only has uh, two postseason appearances and no postseason wins. And, uh, you know, guys like Dad Prescott that haven't gotten paid yet. Guys, young guys like, uh, you know, Carson Wentz and others that are or, – or, or Andrew Luck, of course – that haven't gotten paid yet have had that postseason success, that had the statistical numbers. And so you look at Matthew Stafford, of course, he had a progression where Megatron, one can argue, may go down as one of the more freakish, talented receivers to ever play the game. You can make a case for Randy Moss or T.O., but, uh, you know, Megatron would be right up there as well. And, of course, we understand his departure with him retiring. You know, the makeshift receivers going from Marvin Jones to Golden Tate, who's now with your New York football giants, to um, all of these new guys in Galladay. And so Matthew Stafford has always put up those statistical numbers, but they really haven't resulted into wins. And I think now going back to the Jim Caldwell era in, in Detroit to now with, you know, um, Mike Vrabel and, and the Patriots um, staff being their coach right now, and Matt Patricia being the defensive coordinator, who's being the head coach now, I, I think it's time that we start looking at Matthew Stafford and say, okay, well, you've been in the league for 10-plus seasons now, and what if you conquered? And yet he's getting big bucks money. When we criticize guys like Kirk Cousins and we criticize guys like Tony Romo when he used to play. And so I, I think we need to uh, put Matthew Stafford and look at him at, in a different way for that. So that would be number three. Number two, I'm going to go with your football Giants, of course, and Eli Manning. Obviously, we know Eli has been, um, you know, porous and abysmal these last couple seasons. One can argue it is age. The other can argue is attrition. He's not been himself. One, uh, Odell Beckham is stating that he made Eli Manning look good and not vice versa. Manning did not make him look good. So, uh, you know, he's got that, uh, that chip on his shoulder. One is arguing that Eli Manning now at the age of 39, should hand the ball off more to franchise player Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's lost velocity on his deep ball. And so Eli Manning coming into this season has a lot of scrutiny, and we all know about that New York media. They come at you, and they come at you hard. They love Eli. Of course, they gave him two uh, Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, nightmares to my New England Patriots, of course. But nevertheless, um, it, it's, it's all about what have you done for me lately? And Eli Manning has not been successful thus far he's led the nfl in interceptions for three seasons they're not consecutively but rather uh spread out and it's just been a turnover machine and so that's why they went up and drafted daniel jones that was a controversial pick at number six uh and and of course and that's why they're stating that maybe potentially next year who's got a great we're talking about a great quarterback draft next year uh with potentially four quarterbacks can go in the top 10 uh, picks um, looking for the Giants to be the ultimate successor to Eli Manning. And so I, I think Eli Manning's in a hot seat at number two. And number one, Mike, I, I think this is a no-brainer. This is Jameis Winston. Come on. Mm, okay. Jameis Winston, uh, uh, home, hometown guy here in Florida. I get to see a lot of him here. You know, we get to see a lot of Jags, Dolphins, and Buck games. You know, Buck games here on local stations here on Fox 35. And of course, nationally on Fox Networks and Jameis Winston. I mean, when this guy came out of just high school, regarded out of Florida, Alabama, excuse me, uh, he went to high school in Alabama, regarded as the best quarterback in the nation in high school. 
you know, he 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 didn't commit to Clemson. He didn't commit to Alabama, although he got offers and said he wanted to play in Florida State and cement that legacy. That's when E.J. Manuel was quarterback, and then he became his successor. You know, you had uh, great players coming out of FSU. You talk about Ward Dunn. You talk about Emmett Smith, Smith, arguably the the rushing leader NFL in the history of the NFL. And so Jameis Winston not only is in hierarchy at FSU, he won a national title. This guy was number one overall pick. I mean, with the baseball uh, background, the velocity that he threw, the mobility, the accurate pinpoint passes that we saw for two years as a freshman and a sophomore at FSU, although he was a headache off the field. This brother had all the intentions to be elite. And nevertheless, I mean, he's come to Tampa in his first four seasons. What has he done? And, and he's coming into a contract season. The Buccaneers picked up that fifth-year option on him. Uh, you have to think, Mike, this is a make-it-or-break-it year for Jameis Winston. Last year being benched until the fourth week, we saw Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick lit up the numbers. Although Tampa Bay, when you look statistically, they were top five. In the categories, as in terms of total offense, but most of that was early on when Fitzmagic was really bombing it to Mike Evans, bombing it to Deshaun Jackson, who went back home to Philadelphia. And so you have to feel that this is a make it or break it year. I love the pairing with Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians has a knack for being a, a quarterback whisperer. He's done it with Carson Palmer in um, Arizona and also with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, his rookie season at Indianapolis, which gave him the job to be a coach in Arizona. So I like that parent to kind of mentor uh, Jameis Winston. But you have to think this has to be a make or break a year for Jameis Winston. Number one overall pick. You have him lift up to the hype, lift up to expectation. And one can argue, you know, when you when you, when you you do compare and contrast Jameis Winston's career and maybe Jamarcus Russell, another bust, one can argue that it's not quite far off from, from each other. What would you say, Mike? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 Jameis Winston has not lived up to expectations. He has not been what we wanted him to be. You know, he's had he's shown flashes, but they, he's been very inconsistent throughout his career. There's been off the field things that situations that he's caught himself into, and you're right, absolutely right. He just, it just hasn't panned out so far. Um, but to go to far as, as Jamarcus Russell, I don't know. Just, <laughs> okay, Jamarcus maybe Russell. I went a little far. It's, it's, Jamarcus, Jamarcus, Jamarcus Russell. is not the thrower that Jameis is. Jameis can actually yeah. throw in, in, in yeah. tight windows and stuff. Yep. Yeah, there you go. And, and, and I, I agree with you as far as Jameis. He does actually have a lot to prove. He, this is a year for him. Um, Bruce Arians coming to Tampa was huge for Jameis because this is somebody who wanted to come to Tampa. He wanted to coach Jameis. He wanted to take on the challenge of, Helping change, turn to possibly turn this career around, and I think because of that trust and that continuity that that, that they can build between each other, I think Jameis will have a bounce back season, and he will do better this year. But I have a question for you, Sevy. What is what would be what would be considered a bounce back season or a a, a, a successful season for Jameis Winston? I I would say, um, and 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 it's it's crazy to say this. I mean, this guy has all the intangibles. One thing we can't say about James Swenson, as he he's a great leader, and and, and even uh, Gerald McCoy, who's now with a member of the Carolina Panthers, will tell you that you know the heart and soul of that offense is, is James Swenson. Maybe the defense was Gerald McCoy as a leader, but offensively, James Swenson is one of those leaders in the huddle, pre-snap, post-snap, um, in the locker room, a great guy. But uh, for some, and and he's actually behaved himself in, in the pros. One can argue as well. But yeah. when, when I, I would say success for him is is maybe I don't want to consider it like a game manager. You, you when you think of game managers, who you think of Alex Smith or you you know what I'm saying? Right. I would just say success for him is just cutting down the turnovers. Obviously, right. we know how aggressive of a passer he is. Jameis yeah. is the type of guys that he'll throw. He'll 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 be daring enough to throw it in double coverage uh, and, and lob the ball up to Mike Evans just because of the trust and the continuity that they have amongst each other. Uh, since coming into the league, Mike Evans has had back-to-back-to-back Pro Bowl uh, appearances. That's because of Jameis Winston. And so, uh, and, and that's where some of his turnovers and his ill-advised play come into play as well. But I would say success for him would be somewhere along the lines of, oh, maybe – you know, 27 touchdowns and maybe 12 interceptions this season, maybe 27 and nine, or or maybe 
a, a great season could probably be 32 and we're not going to say four that that'd be a, a, a big, uh, you know, ratio there, but maybe uh, 32 and nine, maybe 32 and seven, even 32 and 12, you know, something like that, cutting down the turnovers. And, and I think that that's going to be key for uh, Bruce Arians. One thing we know about Bruce Arians uh, from his days in Indianapolis and Arizona, he loves that West coast offense. And, yeah. and when you think about West coast offense, you think about completions, getting the ball out quick. You know, I, I think that that's, he's going to make it, a priority for Jameis Winston to get his completion percentage up in the 60s, potentially in the 70s. And when you talk about 70s, you, you start talking about Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, uh, uh, Tom Brady completion percentage uh, uh, status. And so I think that's going to be a priority for him. Start that West Coast offense. You've got guys like Chris Godwin who can take the top off of the defense. Uh, Mike Evans, not only he's a great route runner deep, but he's a great possession receiver as well. So he can work the middle. Uh, you know, they lost Adam Humphreys, but you know, they got other players that can step up. And I think that's going to be key in, in managing Jameis Winston so he doesn't have to be in third and long and be bold enough to be in those situations where he has to throw the turnover. So th that's where I would say that, you know, that's success for them because I, I don't see them as, uh, you know, Super Bowl contender or, or maybe a team that can potentially make some noise in the NFC uh, as a playoff team. Yeah, so put put up those type of numbers to make him, you know, relevant back in the quarterback conversation and validate why the Buccaneers took him at number one. So I definitely agree with that. When you when you bring up Eli, when you when you when you talk about Eli, I really do feel like this, this he's on his way out. I don't I really right. don't feel like he has something to prove because. He's already done it. You know, he could retire today and he'll be a future. He's going to be a future Hall of Famer. He's going to be arguably one of the best Giants quarterbacks, if not the best Giant quarterback of all time. And I really. But Mike, I, this is a question I have for you. You talk about Eli Manning being a a a, 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 a Hall of Famer. I'm going to say borderline. Obviously, you know those when you have Super Bowl rings and you have Super Bowl MVPs, those weigh a lot. But uh, one can argue is this: is what's the difference between Eli Manning and Philip Rivers, they both came out of that draft in 2004. Yes, Eli has the Super Bowl and Super Bowls to show, but Philip Rivers has been, I would argue, more consistent than him, although he hasn't had the Super Bowl resume. But you look at, you know, numbers across the board, everything checks marks Philip Rivers. So I would ask you, what's the difference between the two? The difference between the two is obviously outside of the two Super Bowl championships, the, the big one of the biggest differences is, is the supporting cast that the San Diego Chargers and Phillip Rivers has been able to um, have throughout his entire career. When you look at Phillip Rivers' entire career, he hasn't been sacked nearly as much as Eli Manning has in his career, yet alone the last six or seven seasons since last time Eli Manning has won the Super Bowl. If you if you paid attention to the last time Eli Manning won the Super Bowl, ever since then, he has had one of the, with the probably arguably the worst offensive line in football for seven years straight. Last year, he got sacked more times than he's ever gotten sacked in his entire career in one season. I mean, the, the man can't even three-step drop half the time. And and don't get don't get me started on the uh you know the weapons that he has on the out that Philip Rivers has endured. He's had a consistent tight end for mo pretty much his entire career. Oh, oh yeah, Tony, Antonio Gates. Uh, you know, you're LC, uh, you know he, he had guys Thomas like Ladainian Thomas and Vincent Jackson. Right. You know, uh, guys of that nature that were consistent. Antonio Gates, Michael and, Turner. Yeah, Michael Turner and guys like that. And even when those guys uh, left the door, they were always consistently bringing Keenan in big time Allen, pieces, right. big time pieces, this, that, and the third. And you know. I, I'm I'm not sitting here trying to make excuses for Eli, but at the same time, we've shown that when he's up, when he's held upright, and when he gets an offensive line that can that can block for him and give him time to get the ball down the field, he's shown over the years that he can get it done, big time in big time games and big time moments. Not even just those two Super Bowl runs. Outside of those Super Bowl runs as well, remember it was a couple times when Eli was was pushing, uh, throwing for five thousand yards. Is it uh, a few years ago his best season? He had 35 touchdowns and only 14 interceptions, but they went seven and nine because it was a terrible team. But if you look at those numbers that Eli had, those were some pretty good numbers, I would say, especially for Eli, who's like you said, led the league in interceptions three times in his career. Uh, I would give, I would say, I would say he's, a, I would say both of them are Hall of Famers in my opinion. 
But I would give them. I would say Eli is definitely a Hall of Famer because you can't just you can't just erase two Super Bowls against arguably the greatest quarterback we've ever seen, and also his his like what he's been work what he's had to work with since his last Super Bowl compared to what Philip Rivers has had to work with. It, it's, it's it's not even the same. It's not even it's not even close. Right, right, right. What one can argue the defenses as well. Eli's had a better defense than uh, Philip Rivers as well, but that's. Another story for another day. It's quite funny. You talk about Super Bowls and postseason resume. No quarterback in NFL history has more postseason road wins. That's right, postseason road wins than Eli Manning. He has 10. And, of course, you know who's second behind that list. That would be Joe Flacco, second place, with seven postseason road wins. That being with the great Baltimore teams of Ray Lewis and Ed Reed as his teammate there for both those guys, both of those guys that Michael Gray and I have in the hot seat coming to this season for the quarterbacks. But when we come back, some more NFL talk. We'll get into Madden ratings. And We'll discuss who we think will have a breakout season this NFL season. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Streaming only here on WNSC Radio. I'll be on the way there by Khalid. Boy, Mike, <laughs> thinking about being on the way. <clears throat> well, of course, a lot of these teams are starting their training camp. We know that the Denver Broncos are the first team this season to open their training camp. So they've got everything on the way there, of course, in the mile high. And, Mike, we're going to talk about segment two here, breakout stars this upcoming season, a guy that, you know, that's under the radar. That's not getting a lot of, you know, publicity. It's not your sexy pick. You know, somebody that's out of the radar that we're not talking about that, but can really burst into the scene. Who's that guy? Yan- Yannick Ngakwe, the defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right now, this brother is um, going into his fourth season. He's been one of the best pass rushers, not only in the in in um in Jacksonville on that team Jacksonville team, but in the league since he's been there. He's been consistent in the run game. He's been consistent passing and pass rush getting to the quarterback. Every year he seems to get better and better and better. Right now he's looking for um he's looking for his money. Right now he's looking for a contract, and I'm sure the Jacksonville Jaguars will take care of them because they know better than most teams that how how special this brother is. And, and mind you, Sebi, this is somebody I personally know. I actually went to high school with Yannick Ngakwe um, oh, wow. you know, for two years. For two years, so um, and he he's a special. He's he's not only a special player, but he's a special person. He's a very good person. So I look for him to have a, a motivated breakout season. Whether he gets his money or not, I know at the end of the day he's going to show up and show out. And number ninety-one will be ready. And I'm going with Yannick Ngakwe. He will have a breakout season. He he's 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 a very underrated pass rusher because there's so many not only great pass rushers in the league but there's so many great pass rushers on that Jacksonville team so to the point where he gets overlooked sometimes but he's a he's definitely someone that can break out this year and, and really make a name for himself and put his name in the public eye and, and make it known that okay either yeah he should get his money or yeah oh that's why he got his money okay it's gonna raise some eyebrows for NFL fans around the league because. He's a very slept-on football player, and he's a very great football player, and I, I expect him to, to do his thing this year. Definitely there. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe in a very, very good and, and solid and very productive defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Being here locally, I get to see a lot of Yannick Ngakwe, and people were saying that maybe he's the next Dante Fowler. We know they lost Malik Jackson, of course, but a bigger role is going to be played for Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, he was a little bit undershadowed because of guys like Calais Campbell mm-hmm. and, and Malik Jackson, and rightfully so. Those guys are e- elite on their own. But Yannick Ngaka with more 
give Vince Hammond more opportunities and downs to play. And I, 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 I like that pick as well um, because I, I do think that we're going to see that this Jacksonville defensive team revert to the defense that we saw about two years ago when they just wrecked the league and were number one in defensive di- differential. That's a great pick there, Mike. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go to Cincinnati in the jungle, and you're probably thinking, wow, Cincinnati. Why Why are you going to go to Cincinnati? Well, there's a guy by the name of Joe Mixon. Um, I, I, I remember watching him a lot in Oklahoma. Mike, I'll tell you this. The Cincinnati Bengals have themselves a steal. Joe yeah. Mixon, if it wasn't for, you know, the allegations of assault and, and doing things that he shouldn't be doing in Norman, Oklahoma, in campus, he would have been like a top 10, top 15 uh, pick in the first yep. round. He landed in the second round at, I believe, 38 overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. And if and the Cincinnati Bengals want to remotely have any chance to compete in a loaded, and we're talking about a loaded AFC North division, I think that they're going to have to feature Joe Mixon. We saw sparks and we, we saw signs of a great flurry last year. Had himself a couple first 100-yard games. Um, I, I, I think that Andy Dalton with Bill Lazor now from his offensive coordinator and now being his head coach, will try to feature um, Joe Mixon in the pass catching game because of his versatility. You can line him in the slot. You can put him in the backfield and then have him match up against linebackers. And we all know in this day and age, linebackers can't hold these speedy, fast running backs. And so I, I look for maybe a guy like Joe Mixon to burst onto the scene. I, I Like I said, the Cincinnati Bengals got a first-round talent and the second round. And Joe Mixon, you would want to go back going to Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield will tell you this guy is special. He's special, Mike. And uh, I expect big things this year from Joe Mixon. Um, obviously, we know about A.J. Green. He'll get a lot of attention. John Ross, the how fast he is um, from UW in Washington. So, you know, safeties will always have their heels on them. But a guy that can really burst onto the scene is Joe Mixon. And I think that in Bill Lazor's offense, they'll really try to, uh, you know, feature him. And it kind of like with Jameis Winston, uh, with Andy Dalton. Maybe he's in the hot seat too. Kind of uh, manage the game and and not have the game fall into his hands. I I agree with that. I I, I like that pick because Cincinnati is a team that people are just absolutely written off. You know, I think people are uh, putting Cincinnati at the bottom of that division this year. You know, with, with with the emergence of the Cleveland Browns and obviously what Baltimore and Pittsburgh can do. So I, I don't think a lot of teams are paying attention. A lot of people are paying attention to this Cincinnati Bengals team, but the, they've always had legitimate talent on this team. But the problem is they haven't been able to put it all together and really right. put some produce some wins, especially in the postseason out of it. Right. And I think you're absolutely right. Joe Mixon is a special uh, football player, and and you're right. Allegations. It wasn't his talent that held him back. It was the allegations because talent wise, he, he he can match up with any running back. You know, he was right. He was right there. And uh, I, I do expect him to have a very good season. I do. I want to see what this, what Joe Mixon looks like, along with the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals team, outside of the Marvin Lewis era. You right. Know, this is the first right. time we'll be able to see this, see see them in this element, and see them, you know, without without that head coach. So we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll see what he looks like, and I, I'm intrigued to see what Joe Mixon because I really do root for the brother. I really do root for him to succeed and do well. And um, that, that's a great pick. I I would agree with that. That's a great pick. Definitely there. Joe Mixon now in Bill Lazor's offense. More unorthodox, not methodical, but more sporadic and definitely going to spread out the offense. A lot of opportunities for Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Any other guys that we're missing here and any other guys that we're not talking about that may be under the radar? Um, uh, You know, maybe one that jumps up to me, maybe DJ Moore out of uh, out of Maryland and rookie last year for the Carolina Panthers really burst onto the scene the second half of the season. First half of the season, I, I think he was starting to get acclimated uh, with the speed of the NFL. And this is what's interesting, Mike, with these rookies and these young guys. They get into the league and they wreck havoc uh, in, in college and they get to the league and they can't adapt to the speed of the NFL and, and, and stuff. And I, I think that was a problem for DJ Moore early on last year. But boy, you want to talk about second half of the season. That continuity between Cam Newton and DJ Moore, whether it was intermediate patterns over the middle, deep pass, deep posts, and everything, DJ Moore was more 
featured in the offense because Christian Gaffrey got all the attention because how great he is as a player. And, and I, I think that this year with the guys like uh, DJ Moore and, and, and of course, Christian McCaffrey coming back, you have to honor the run game that Cam Newton presents. And then Curtis Samuel from Ohio State, a guy that we're not talking about as well, that can probably burst onto the scene. A second round pick from Ohio State uh, coming back. I, I think you're going to see a lot more opportunities for Cam Newton to build continuity with DJ Moore as the number one. Kelvin Benjamin gone. Devin Funches is gone. I like DJ Moore as a guy that could potentially wreck some havoc this season. I agree. DJ Moore would definitely break some havoc and make some make things happen. A definitely. player, a player that, that that I'm looking at that 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 um is is a little bit under the radar, but definitely can break out this year is Jair Alexander for the Green Bay Packers. Oh yeah, he's he's um he was one of those guys that kind of he needed to get adjusted to the league you know, his first few games of the season. But I'll never forget. I remember a game that a game where he really opened, he really broke out to me and made a name for himself in the NFL was against the Saint, uh, against the Los Angeles Rams, excuse me. It was a game they lost 29 to 27. But Jair competed, competed, competed and he absolutely he had a great football game. He played a great football game and he really showed that you know, in the biggest stage that he can make things happen and make plays because he was left out of he was left out there on the island, Sebby. He was right. left out there on the island, you know, in order to uh, to really make plays and to keep them in the game. Right, right. And le- left on the island with guys like like Brandon Cooks. I mean, Brandon Cooks, one of the elite speedsters in the NFL. That's not an easy task to do at all. And he was he was competing with them back and forth and making things happen. I'm absolutely. I was I was proud of his efforts and what he was able to do. And he was able to carry that on throughout the rest of the season with that confidence. And I think he's somebody that how he played in the second half of the season, he can definitely carry that over into his sophomore season. And he can have a great year this year because he's going to get a lot of targets. Definitely there. Jair Alexander will get targeted a where lot. he matured this season. So I expect him to have a breakout season and do his thing as well. Definitely there, Jair Alexander. And, of course, a lot of the Green Bay Packers definitely being there under the microscope for breakout players that we aren't talking about. Real quick, Mike, before we leave this segment here, guys like Grady Jarrett and Jadavion Clowney. Grady Jarrett got the bag. Uh, Clowney hasn't yet. Um, The deadline has passed for the Texans. The Texans, they have Super Bowl aspirations. You want to talk about a team that has Super Bowl aspirations? Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, elite pass rushers, merciless. And, of course, Jadavian Clowney. This team has Super Bowl aspirations, of course, with on the Bill O'Brien era down there in Houston. Grady Jarrett got his money. Clowney didn't. Uh, your thoughts on that? Grady Jarrett is a great football player, and he deserved his money. Um, Atlanta was in a position to give it to him. Uh, he, he worked for it. He earned it. I remember that Super Bowl that they lost at uh, – to the New England Patriots, he had like three and a half sacks. Oh man, he was big time. Now I know, I know for a fact. I know if we go up to if me and you go up to Grady Jerry right now, and we ask him, would you rather trade those three and a half sacks for a Super Bowl ring? He would do it every time. Right. But at the same time, that doesn't exclude the fact that he performed at a very high level in the biggest moment, uh, in in the in the in the biggest moment of his career, and. He deserved it. From, from from then on, he he continued to you know be a force in the running game and be a force in, the, in as a pass rusher as well, putting up consistent numbers and doing his thing ever since that Super Bowl year. So he definitely deserved his money. I'm glad he got it, and um, I I look forward to seeing him in the future. Definitely. Dan. When it comes when it comes <clears throat> when it comes to Jadavion Clowney, he's a he's a he's a special player too. Um, Sebi, I was high on him coming out of college. I thought he was one of the top. Top uh, defensive lineman in, the, in 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 that draft, and he's shown that he you know he got hurt a couple couple seasons, but number once he one was overall. number one overall, and and once he once he got draft once he um came into the league and started playing for Houston, he started to show the force that he can be, you know opposite of JJ Watt, you know JJ Watt was getting all the attention, so Jadavian Clowney was able to get the one on one opportunities and the opportunities to get to the quarterback, and he and he made things happen. He may not have had. A lot of sacks. You know, the last couple of years he only had nine and a half sacks, twenty uh twenty seventeen and, and nine sacks last year. But his quarterback hurries are something that's very um underrated. 
You know, right. he gets to the pass rush a lot. He get, he get, he makes things happen, and um, I, I think he does. He he definitely deserves his money. Now, how much uh, uh, are the Texans willing to give him? We'll see. But he definitely deserves to get paid more than that one point seven he's getting paid right now. Definitely, there the Texans have put J- Davion Clowney in the franchise tender for him. And, and I'll start off with Jadavion here. Uh, one thing I, I saw a lot uh, about Jadavion coming from South Carolina, of course, is um, how disruptive he is. And I, I think that when we talk about some of the great linebackers in the game, you think about Cookie Wagner, uh, in the, the pass rushers, you think about Von Miller, Mack, um, uh, even Aaron Donald, I think, was the best in the game. Um, those guys are great disruptors. And they are able to be productive. And, and, and I think that's the next evolution for Dave, Jadavion Clowney. I know he's a great disruptor. He's been excellent for his team last two seasons. Um, coming, having eight-plus sacks, you're really starting to see how he's ascending himself. And, of course, tackle for losses. That's another uh, big stat that we don't – we tend to forget, you know, Early on in J.J. Watt's career, he had a lot of tackle for losses just because he saw a lot of one-on-ones. And, I mean, trust me, you ask any offensive lineman in the NFL, they do not want a one-on-one against J.J. Watt. And, of course, when he got the double and triple coverage, uh, triple, excuse me, um, coverage and assignments, of course, he was still being disruptive and letting guys like Merciless and, of course, Jadavion Clowney be the guys to get the sacks. But my, my thing with with uh, Jadavion is as great as he is, he, he's di- he's disruptive, but the production isn't there yet. He hasn't had a double digit sack season yet in his first four years, right? You know, mm-hmm. he's got the tackle for losses. There's been times where he's been nicked up and banged up, and your best ability is availability. And that's always been a question mark for Jadavion. And I think the Houston Texans organization here is in a schematic contradiction as in terms of like, do we pay this guy and 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 have two guys that we're paying? over 20 million in the line being him and JJ Watt or should we keep that money and use it resourcefully to pay guys like Deshaun Watson within four years coming from his rookie contract who's gonna want his money guys like uh, DeAndre Hopkins boy you want to talk about him Uh, (laughs) he's got my vote as one of the top three top four receivers in the game and so I, I think there's other areas for this Texans team to put that money if they want to have Super Bowl aspirations as they want to do uh, for them uh, there. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would agree, yeah, because you're absolutely right about Jadavion Cowley. The best availability is – the best ability is availability. And, you know, the first few seasons he was, you know, nicked up with uh, injuries and that, that sort that would held him out. Um, but yeah, I can see how an organization is in, in a bound because on one end, he's a great player, but on the other end, you, you don't want to waste an investment, investing in somebody who can't stay on the field. Right. So I, I see where you're coming from with that. I agree, but, um, I, you're absolutely right because they, they, they have some players on that roster that need to get paid, um, um, soon, as soon as those contracts are up. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, 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 which side will, which way Houston goes, um, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Definitely seeing the Houston Texans in a very loaded AFC South, of course. But when we come back, myself and Michael Gray will go ahead and talk about these Madden ratings. I know you've got some very intriguing stuff, Mike, to talk about some of these, right? (laughs) (laughs) Madden ratings have come out for Madden 20 and a lot of things to dissect. For sure. Myself and Michael Gray is going to get to it. You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Streaming only one where and one place. And that's right here on WNSC Radio. Hi, I'm Fanny. I'm Cecilia. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alwyn Jr. And we are Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And we would love to give a special thanks to Sebi Podcast Creel for keeping us up to date with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If so, reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs and be sure to let us know that Sebi Podcast sent you. Thank you.
the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Myself and Michael Gray back here for our last, our third and last segment here on the show, of course. And we would like to shout out, of course, Haifa Hookah Lounge. Haifa Hookah Lounge, one of our proud partners and sponsors of the show. Haifa Hookah Lounge, all of your beer, bucket hats, hookahs, anything that you want. If you want to have a good time, it's a weekend. You're not doing anything. Zeus, Hector, and the entire cast and the entire gang at Haifa Hookah Lounge has invited everyone in the community. Haifa Hookah Lounge, the official partners of the Savvy Podcast Show. And Mike Madden. Yeah, I, I remember since a kid, some of the great, greatest guys have been in the Madden cover. And this is why I, 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 we do what we, we love, man. I, I, you know, just these games have a big influence in young kids as they grow up. I remember me in 2004 watching Michael Vick. I thought he was the most, I, I, I literally thought he was like a video game. I mean, Michael Vick in 2004, uh, are you serious? I mean, the brother couldn't, couldn't throw a completion on third down, but boy, he could really run. And then in that Madden game in 2004, like I wanted to do, it would be fourth down in 20. I would want to run with Michael Vick. And of course, you had guys like Donovan McNabb, elite players like Haskins, like T.O., um, or, or, or maybe uh, throwing a screen pass to Russell Westbrook and, and Brian Westbrook. I'm thinking uh, uh, Thunder here. Brian Westbrook uh, on a screen pass, letting him gash it for 80 yards. And all of these games as a young kid and playing Madden really resonates with you going up here. And we're going to ring the bell here, of course. We're going to ring the bell here real quick and we're gonna go with some of our madden ratings here now th- there are some that that was actually eye-popping to me mike i mean there was four 99 ratings right you've got yep. deandre hopkins you've got aaron donald well deserved for him and then of course you got uh, uh who who were the other two, Mike? Who are the other Khalil, two? Khalil one? Khalil Mack and Bobby Wagner. Khalil Mack and Bobby Wagner. Okay, Bobby Wagner, a, a tackling machine. That's a vacuum right there. And then Khalil Mack, who really, really the entire complexion of that Bears defense on one team, or on one year, excuse me, uh there for them. And then you guys you had the uh, Julio Jones at 98, Luke Cookley at 98, uh Gurley at 97. Um Here's here's something, uh, Patrick Mahomes ninety seven, Brady ninety six. I, I I understand that. Uh, you know the popularity vote likes Mahomes. He's the he's a sexy pick. He's got the hair. He's he's got all of the uh, highlight plays he could throw with his left hand. Uh, um, there, something that shocked me, Mike, and and, and we 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 gotta call Roger Goodell or whoever making these Madden ratings uh, for this. Drew Brees. And Aaron Rodgers should never, ever be, I don't care what year it is, should never, ever be under a 95. You've got Drew Brees at a 92, and you've got Aaron Rodgers at a 90. Aaron Rodgers, people are saying that Aaron Rodgers, talent-wise, may be one of the best three passers to ever lace him up. And he's at 90? I, 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 I don't know, Mike. How you feel about that? It's controversial. It sure is, man. I, I agree. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers are two of the best quarter, two of some of the best quarterbacks that we have in this game. Aaron Rodgers, talent-wise, is probably the best quarterback we've ever seen. Talent-wise. Right. Yeah, right. Another thing that jumped out to me, I agree with you on that. They both should be higher, especially around the 95 area. Excuse me. Another thing that shocked me or surprised me is that a player that I thought was kind of high, higher than I expected him to be um, at, at this point in this stage of his career, was Richard Sherman. Yeah, Richard Sherman. My man Richard Sherman getting all the clout. He getting all of the pizzazz. The, the league is liking him. What is he, Mike? I, I can't find him. I, I, I was surprised. I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to be a 93. Now, he's, he's still a, a very solid player. But is he the Richard Sherman that we that we all once knew in the with Seattle with the Legion of Boom that at one point in time was the best corner cornerback uh, known in football? This isn't the same Richard Sherman. I was surprised to see him at a ninety-three. One of the reasons was because, you know, his cover skills have, have diminished uh, to some degree since you know over the years, especially here in San Francisco, and also 
you know, the injuries. You know, he was right. hurt. He was hurt for at least half the season, for if not half the season, a good portion of the season. And he missed. He missed me. He missed majority time. And in the time that he did play, it wasn't like he was. I don't, I don't think he was worth a ninety-three. I, I just think that's a little bit too high for a guy who. Now, mind you, he's a great. He's a great person, and, and he, he's a very still. He's still a very solid player. But I think ninety-three is a little bit too high. You had him higher than, like you said, you had him higher than both Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's that's that's. <laughs> That's just uncalled for you. Uh, I, that's that's bad. I, I I don't know who's making these picks. I, I really don't. I really don't know who who's making these picks. Uh, a guy that I thought that was over, uh, um, you know, high as well is a, a guy like Travis Kelsey. Now you're probably looking at me crazy. Travis Kelsey. It, one can argue him and Gronk. Well, Gronk's not in the league anymore. He may be the best tight end in the game. Absolutely. <laughs> but but the 96 for t- to Travis Kelsey. I mean, come on now. The brother can ball. I, I'm not disrespecting Travis Kelsey. I'm, I know he's big time. He's money on third downs. You need a play, Mike. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes will tell He'll tell you that one of his more important security blankets, Tyree Kill, uh, uh, is Travis Kelsey. But but a 96? I mean, come on now. I, I mean, the brother should be in the 90s, rightfully so. I, I would have given him uh, maybe a two two notches down, maybe a 94, 93. You know what I'm saying? I'm not disrespecting, but a 96, you, you, when you think about 96 and up, you think about elite players. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got in the 96s, uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey, elite. You know what I'm saying? Fletcher Cox, one of the best interior linemen in the NFL. Odell Beckham, a 96. You've got uh, Von Miller at 97. Those are elite players. Not saying that Travis Kelsey isn't, but... I don't know about that '96, Mike. I I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I would disagree with you. I think that Travis Kelsey is all world, and right now with Gronkowski uh, out, he's easily the best tight end in football right now. And he's he's really an all world football player. He's he's one of the best. He's he's the best tight end in the game right now, and he's a, he he's he's just all world. He's he I think he is in that in that elite category as far as players are concerned because he can do it all. He can block. He can he can catch passes out of the backfield. He's a very solid route runner. He knows how to use his body. He has great hands. Patrick Mahomes has no problem finding him. Alex Smith had no problem finding him. So I, th- I think it's a, I think the combination of those two. I, I I agree. I think I think he's well deserved for him being ninety six. I, I I think he does he 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 belongs in that category per se. You know because he's earned it. He's earned it over the years. He's gotten better year after year. There's definitely there. You one of the fastest targets in the middle of the field is Travis Kelsey there. Of course, here's, here's one that, that, that disrupts me, Mike, this, this one really disrupts me back to back pro bowl appearances, back to back thousand yard receiving uh, seasons. And Keenan Allen is an 89. Mm. Keenan Allen is an 89. This brother right here literally went on social media and, and said this, he said, I'm a I'm a 89. I mean, mind you, you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, Keenan Allen drive, right? Let me let me draw the picture here. Keenan Allen is driving. He's going live on social media. He's stating all of the uh, the ratings that uh, Madden gave him. They give him an 87 on his route running. Are you serious? Uh, Keenan Allen is one of the best route running receivers in the NFL, uh, especially. Guy on third down, boy, he he's money as well on third down. And just ask Philip Rivers, and and he's got an eighty-seven in that. And he said that they gave him his deep ball, his deep uh, uh deep threat of a uh, deep threat ability was a seventy-five. Oh wow! Keenan Allen's deep threat was a seventy-five. Oh, wow. I was like, my goodness, who are making these ratings? Uh, be an eighty-nine. I mean. Come on now, I, I I don't know what 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 type of NFL are they watching, Mike? I don't know, man. It's starting to, it's starting to seem more and more like it's for more uh, more political year after year after year because this this makes absolutely no sense. I, I, Keenan Allen is one of the most slept on receivers in the game because it's be it, maybe it's because of the injuries that he's had in his career, maybe. But even with that, Keenan Allen deserves to be at least a ninety one or ninety two. He really is one of the he really is one of the more, more premier receivers in the game. One of the thing one of the problems is is his injuries, of course. 
But Mike, uh, that, real, real quick here, I want to state the guys they have ahead of, of Keenan Allen. Adam Thielen, a 94. Stephon Diggs, a 93. And you have Zach Ertz, a 93 as well. Uh, those are the guys that jump off to you as well. You've got um, Edelman in 89 along with. Yeah, I I, 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 I see that, man. I, and I think one of the biggest reasons why Keenan Allen is so slept on the way that he is is because we what do we know wide receivers to be as? Divas. You don't really get that diva mentality from Keenan Allen. You don't really hear any drama with him on the field or off the field. He goes, he goes and shows up to work, plays football, has fun doing it, puts up big-time numbers, and, and goes about his business. You don't really hear too much rah-rah about Keenan Allen, you know, in, in any sort. So he stays out of the limelight, he stays out of the media, and he stays out of the, uh, out of the spotlight. Excuse me, and he just does his thing. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's so slept on and so underrated, even in the Madden ratings, even in people that's making these ratings, because... When you watch him play, I mean, my goodness, you, you just have you just have to realize that he's one of the top six, seven receivers in football. He's that legit, that elite, and to him, for him to be even be in the eighties, I think that's a little disrespectful. Definitely, there, uh, Keenan Allen, one of the best receivers I believe that we have in the game. I, I, I definitely position receivers, and you put him in a slot. I mean, this guy oh, is, yeah. is unguardable in the lethal. slot, lethal in the slot. I've got three guys here that I think that undervalue. Um, uh, 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 Michael Thomas. I mean, he's got a ninety-five. I mean, that's that's not that's not bad at all. But not at all. Receptions. Um, coming into his first three seasons, no receiver has more receptions than Michael Thomas. And you would think that the greats of Jerry Rice and Mike and Odell and Randy Moss, T.O. and others, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Thomas has that title. And he's got a 95. Boy, I mean, I don't know. I watched a lot. I'd put him a 97. Michael Thomas is special, Mike. I mean, he is unique at what he does. He is Keenan Allen, right? A, a position wide receiver, you know, that can play the slot, but it's six foot three. That we have, not, I, at least in recent memory, I haven't seen a guy like that. He can play the slot and dominate that with his quickness and his speed. And he's got that size and frame. I can't remember of a guy like that. And I watched a lot of film of Michael Thomas. He got a 95. I thought. He, he should have been a, just a little bit lot higher, maybe a 97. Um, Saquon Barkley, a 91. Christian McCaffrey, a 91. Mike, I, I know you're a Giants fan. Uh, I, maybe you can explain to me. Uh, maybe it's because, you know, he's undervalued. He was a rookie. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey didn't look at 91 to me last year. Not at, not, not at all. I mean, Saquon Barkley last year was not only one of the best running backs as amongst rookies, he was one of the best running backs in the game last year. I mean, it was right. the joy as a Giants fan. You know, we didn't have much to look forward to last season or the past few seasons as a Giants fan. We didn't really have that much looking forward to. But I'm not going to lie, Sebi. I look forward to watching Saquon Barkley play. He, he is was that, special to watch, he Mike. He was that When you watch him play, you just see a player that's at a different level than everybody else on the field. I get that same vibe when I'm watching Odell. When I when Odell first came in the league, you could just watch it. You watch it's it's just like you're watching a player that's at a different speed than everybody else. It's at a different, and that's how I feel with Saquon is. Saquon isn't a shy. He isn't afraid of the moment. He loves. Uh, he, he barely goes. I I rarely ever saw him go down on first, on first contact. And he's he's a very, uh, he's a great football player. He's a, he's a, he's a. I don't want to say elite yet because it's only been one year. But he had an elite rookie season, put it like that. But I want to see him continue to build off that season and build off what he was able to do. It's going to be a lot harder this year without, you know, defensives, without without uh, Odell being able to, to distract some defense. Oh, yeah, he's going to face a lot of eight yeah, or nine-man boxes. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a, a little bit more challenging this season. But he's the type of player that I know is, is up for the challenge, is up for the task, and he's going to make noise and make things do. But I, you're absolutely right. Saquon Barkley, he jumped out the – 
he jumped out to me this year. He definitely opened my eyes about the future, and the future is bright for Saquon Barkley. I love the fact that he's in New York. No, oh, definitely. He fits New York, and New York it will embrace him. The spotlight is never too shy for Saquon Barkley, and he is undoubtedly the future of the New York football giants. A couple other guys that, that, that jumped off to me, um, maybe in offense before we switch gears to the defense here. Um, uh, uh, Greg, uh, Greg Little, uh, the tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, he burst onto the scene in the second yep. half last year. He got a 90. Uh, I thought he could maybe be in the 91, 92s, maybe just a little bit higher. Um, uh, another guy that jumped off to me um, is Amari Cooper. He got an 89. Uh, uh, you know, ask Dak Prescott. I mean, he his success is directly because of the continuity he's had with Amari Cooper, who got an 89. I think that will change this season. He'll probably get in the 90s and maybe 91, 92s. He was very productive for Dallas last year, getting to the postseason. We're going to switch here to the defense here, guy, uh, uh, for you, Mike. Demarcus Lawrence in 89 and Chris Jones, who finished third in sacks last year with 15 and a half for a defensive tackle. I mean, you get 15 and a half, you're in the same discussion as Aaron Donald, who's a 99. Yep. And Chris Chris, jo- uh, uh, Chris Jones is an 89. Uh, your thoughts on that? I, I, I love Chris Jones. Chris Jones is somebody I've been paying close, very close attention to for the last few years. Um, you know, when he first came into the league and things of that sort. And uh, he's a very disruptive, a very he's very athletic for his size. You know, for a big man that's inside in the middle, he can move. You know, you look at some of those big guys in the, as far as defensive tackles, some of the, uh, um, their main job is, you know, clog up the pen and clog up the blocker so that the linebackers can fill up and get the tackles and, 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 and the, other, the defensive ends can, can get in the backfield. But that's not Chris Jones. Chris Jones is the type of player that, you know, he can play all three downs. You know, he, he can he can not only stop the run, but he's exceptional at rushing the passer, and he has a nose for the football. And I, I, I love watching him play. He's a very good football player. He's very instinctive and quick. And I, and you're absolutely right. I think Chris Jones should, could have been in the 90s based off what, how he's improved year after year after year. And then breaking out, come on now, a defensive tackle getting 15 and a half sacks, that's special. That's that that that's major. Yeah, that's, that's Aaron Donald like. Right? Very very Aaron Donald like, and you know we we rarely see that in the league nowadays, and that's special what they have in Kansas City. And I know he's due for a big time payday coming up real soon. So you're absolutely right. Chris Jones deserved, in my opinion, to be in the '90s, uh, somewhere around 90, 91 to '93 would suffice. But but he definitely deserves to be in the '90s somewhere for sure. Mike, here here's a, a character one for you. Uh, you talk about Richard Sherman getting a 93 overall. You've got Eddie Jackson, who led the NFL in interceptions last year and had six interceptions returned for touchdowns as a 91. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eddie Jackson, I'm very high on Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson was somebody who I loved at Alabama. You know, that I, every time you look up, number four was making plays. He was getting picks, hitting somebody, scoring touchdowns. He was a ball hawk machine. He was, he was always around the football, and he carried that over to Chicago. Along with Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson was somebody who helped change this defense around. And the fact that you have somebody uh, uh, somebody who um, who can be a leader not only on your front line but in your back half, like Eddie Jackson, that's special. That makes for a special defense. And his combination was special this year. Watching him continue to get pick six after pick six after pick six, he just has a nose for the football and – I think teams are weary of him now, and now I think I think a lot of quarterbacks are going to be hesitant about throwing to his side because, you know, he has ball hawk, that ball hawk mentality that right you just can't teach. Definitely there, of course, and the highest rated, the highest rated um, free safety in the game, and of course that we all know the highest rated safety overall is Earl Thomas at a ninety five there as well but one thing we know for sure none of these and none of these of course will have an impact on us playing Madden because I know I'm gonna get the game Mike (laughs) I don't know about you oh for sure every year definitely there this is the Savvy Podcast radio show myself and Michael Gray we want to thank you again for tuning in with us.
and being such a low listener for our show and for myself and Michael Gray in a mugged, 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 mugged evening here on the East Coast, whether in Virginia or here in Orlando, we want to say so long from now inside the studios of WNSC. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info. Some cool merch. If you want to DM us and send us all of your email requests, we'll be sure to get them here on the Sebi Podcast experience. And remember, folks, whether you're listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go. And that is the slogan.